pronoun to you all. Let us begin with the Gayatri prayer. Please join me in offering this most ancient and sublime invocation. Let us meditate on the glory of that effulgent reality from whom the whole universe is projected. May that enlighten our minds. For just a few moments, let us become calm and subjective, practicing meditation with devotion and determination.
please turn to prayer number 90, which may be found in the prayer book on page 123. You may join me in offering this prayer of self-realization from Swami Premananda. Calmly and slowly, let us pray. Today my mind is in constant remembrance of thee, and my heart rests in the peace of serene contentment. Lost in the thought of thee, my mind is transported into the ecstasy of desireless relinquishment, and my soul is merged with thy blessed self. Renunciation of love brings the fullness of joy. The kindly shadow of the passing cloud softly touches my soul with the love that heaven alone can bestow and the sweet fragrance of the lilac in first bloom caresses my being with the bliss of the perfection of paradise. The graceful swan in its gentle dignity lightly touches the throbbing bosom of the lake adorned in the beauty of transparent loveliness and memory fills my heart with a rapturous delight, wherein I become one with thy omnipresent self. O beloved, all objects, all beings, all creations bring thee ever closer to my soul, because my mind is absorbed in contemplation of thee within the sanctuary of my heart. Amen. We began our subjective meditation with a piece of music composed by Acharya Ajay, Jeffrey Hallam Bauer. The music played by him on piano is entitled Solitude. It is a most fitting piece of music, both in its expression and in its name, fitting for our subject today in the solitude of soul. And we begin in the silence of that solitude. We begin our day in silence. We awaken as the sun silently dawns in the early morning hour. We awaken in silence. After the restfulness of the night of sleep, when the body and mind have had time to relax, to restore, to heal, and we begin our day upon wakening in communion with God in silence of soul. Meditation requires such silence of the senses in order to establish inner communion 
and to receive light, the light of spiritual understanding. Recall the words in the teaching of Jesus when he said, enter into thy closet, shut the door, pray to thy father which is in secret. In that quiet, in the silence of solitude, Gandhi devoted one day a week to silence, just simply to establish within himself that still small voice of calm. For he grew to learn that the inner life grows in the love of silence. The inner life grows in the love of silence. Now it is not necessary to lead a life of monasticism. Consider the life of Shamcharan Lahiri. He married and raised a family, worked as a public servant, was studious, athletic, simple, refined. He met Babaji at Raniket in the Himalayas and learned Kriya Yoga from him before returning to Benares. People from all walks of life came to him, to Lahiri, for the spiritual light of Kriya Yoga, for that profound philosophy of God-realization. He is known as a yoga avatar, for he demonstrated that while living the normal household life of love and service, one can attain to the highest state of realization of God within the pure and enlightened consciousness. The guiding light in his life was the philosophy of his guru, Babaji, who expressed these words to Lahiri. God dwells equally in all. I serve God in all. May you realize and practice this truth. Please join me in offering these eternal truths we share together each Sunday in our worship service, these expressions of the universal ideal shared by the scriptures of humanity from the Rig Veda, the Upanishads, the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the Quran and the Avesta, please join me in offering these eternal truths. I am an absolute monist. I believe truth is one. Men call it by various names. God, Brahman, is consciousness, existence, bliss, absolute. Everything is the manifestation of God. 
the divine reality. The soul of man is of identical nature with the God of the universe. Make thine own self pure by good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Realize thyself. By the realization of one's own self, the absolute self is realized. God is the light of the heavens and the earth. He who realizes God becomes one with God. I am that I am. I and my Father are one. I am Brahman, the Absolute Self. At this time, we will hear readings from the Upanishads from Ellie Bauer. A reading from the Katha Upanishad. That which you desire to know is the self. In the sky above, the self is the sun. In space, it is the wind. On the altar, it is the fire. And in the chalice, it is the sacramental soma wine. The self is manifested as human beings in the world and as great souls in higher planes of consciousness. The self is the offering of sacrifice on earth and in the heavens. Water and aquatic beings bear witness of the self, and the glory of the self shines in the fields of grain. The mountains and the rivers give evidence of the existence of the self. The self is the blessed offering of purity and devotion. The self is all-pervading power. The self is truth. The self is the breath of life. The self is imminent in the innermost heart of every being. And from the Svetasvatara Upanishad, two little birds linked by mutual friendly bonds reside in the self-same tree. One of them is engrossed in the enjoyment of sweet fruit, while the other merely looks on with perfect serenity. By the power of subjective meditation and illumination, we realize the glory of our own divine self. We transcend sorrow and live by the power of inner contentment. Please join me in offering this prayer of self-realization found in the prayer book on page 128. Calmly and reverently let us pray. Grant me the realization that my soul is inseparably one with thee. For only in my soul do I find thy peace within me. When my consciousness is illumined by thy light in my heart, serene contentment of celestial happiness overfills my body and mind. When soul receives the grace of thy transcendental power and perfection, life unfolds itself in the beauty of love and compassion, self-surrender and illumination. In the innermost joy of my soul is the solace of my heart, for in my soul is the kingdom of thy peace. Because thou hast established 
thy abode within me. Amidst disappointment and distress, discouragement and sorrow, I always come to thee for inspiration and guidance, strength and peace. O thou indwelling self, let me lose all of myself in thee, that I may feel thy beneficence in me. Amen. At this time, we will have a hymn sung by Fred Dixon. You may wish to join in the singing of the words for Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a soul like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Devotion by Swami Yogananda Paramhansa, the Guru Preceptor of our Church. Heavenly Father, may thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. Om. Peace. Amen. When we think of solitude. We might envision a monk or hermit, someone who has chosen the solitary life, one who lives distance from society, a recluse settled in a place on a mountain far removed from 
the human population. Some speak of the call of the wild, wanting to be surrounded not by people, but by trees and streams, birds and fish. Perhaps others imagine being alone on an island surrounded by ocean and sky, the vast open seas and little else. What is it about the human consciousness that conjures these visions of desire, of solitude? And what happens once the human being arrives at such vistas of space? We hear examples of astronauts who have become lost in space with the urge to return to planet Earth, with the strong call not of the wild, but of a place in humanity. We read stories of one who is stranded on a deserted island and who soon regards that open sea and vast beach of sand to be a painful reminder of separation and isolation, hoping one day to be reunited with loved ones. At present, countries all over the world are trying with every tool possible to end a pandemic by isolating and separating human beings. And equally, there is a cry from those who feel they cannot be isolated any longer. What mental and emotional strength may have existed slowly begins to wane and the cries for community and togetherness start to ring out loudly. Human beings are social creatures after all. The very word solitude would imply to us the concept of singular, one, alone. In these unusual times when we cannot be together, we have to be apart, isolated from one another, we begin to see examples of how this manifests in our life, in society. And an image keeps playing again and again in my mind of the music that was shared by a world-renowned singer. You know, perhaps, of whom I speak. In a symbolic gesture, with a beautiful illustration, a moving experience on Easter Sunday, when millions across the globe tuned in to watch and listen to an offering of sacred arias, 
not amidst a huge audience of devoted music lovers, but absolutely alone. Standing alone inside the Duomo Cathedral in Milan, Italy, was the singer Andrea Bocelli. This blind man who would not see an audience if it was present, was standing alone, singing before God. I bring this image to mind of this individual human being who out of dedication and devotion to music cared to share his expression for all humanity though he stood alone. The beauty of his voice and the perfection of each note, each vibration, was soul-stirring to anyone with the ability to hear. It brought a surge of emotion, perhaps even tears, not just because of the beauty of the music, not just because of this symbolic presentation of a lone soul offering before an empty church, but out of a sense of compassion for all who suffer, for all who fear, for all who are sick, for all who are dying. Compassion. From the depth of heart and soul. In such solitude that Bacelli sang, he sang to God and to God alone. And yet the millions that did listen to him sing felt he was singing to them, for them, with them. The music transcended space and time. Souls united in the one divine music experienced by all souls. Today, I am here in solitude, speaking into a microphone. No congregation is seated before me, no one. Initially, it felt strange to me to prepare to speak and to speak knowing that there is no one here physically. But later I came to realize that I am speaking to you. I am speaking to you, though I am alone. There are no fellow devotees with me as when I have joined you as a congregation in our church. I feel more keenly that I speak to you directly. Perhaps in some ways I feel I am more directly speaking to you than ever before. 
After all, what is the space between us? Whether it is six feet or 60 miles, there is no distance measured in the life of the soul. I often think of the words of Mahatma Gandhi when he said, I believe in the absolute oneness of God and therefore of humanity. What though we have many bodies, we have but one soul. The rays of the sun are many through refraction, but they have the same source. We are all yogis. We are at home in the formlessness of one cosmic soul. If anything, this global crisis shows us that we are not separate from one another, even when we are living apart. We are not separate from one another. In the solitude of soul, we commune. We commune together. We commune with God. Think of the very first syllable in the word solitude. It is soul. The first syllable in the word of solitude is soul. Solitude is the state of being alone, but it is not the state of loneliness. Solitude leads to self-awareness, to self-realization. Self-realization is the revelation of soul, of soul's oneness with God. We read in the Mundaka Upanishad, as the rivers that flow into the ocean losing their individual name and form, merge with the ocean. Even so, the man of wisdom, liberated from name and form, becomes one with the effulgent Brahman, the god of transcendental perfection. Losing individual name and form, merge with the ocean. The ocean of formless cosmic existence. The highest state of spiritual perfection is not living with God, but becoming one with God. That is our highest self. It is the sublime message of the Upanishads. In Reflections on Solitude, my thoughts turn to the great transcendentalist, Henry David Thoreau. During his sojourn at Walden Pond, and in his writings from Walden, 
he commented that men would frequently say to him, I should think you would feel lonesome down there and want to be near to folks, especially on rainy and snowy days and nights. And Thoreau said that he was tempted to reply that this whole earth which we inhabit is but a point in space. How far apart, think you, dwell the two most distant inhabitants of yonder star, the breath of whose disk cannot be appreciated by our instruments. He asked, why should I feel lonely is not our planet in the Milky Way? This seems not to me to be the most important question. What sort of space is that which separates a man from his fellows and makes him solitary? I have found that no exertion of the legs can bring two minds much nearer to one another. Thoreau goes on to state, I may be either the driftwood in the stream or Indra in the sky looking down on it. I only know myself as a human entity, the scene, so to speak, of thoughts and affections and am sensible of a certain doubleness by which I can stand as remote from myself as from another. However intense my experience, I am conscious of the presence and criticism of a part of me, which as it were, is not a part of me, but spectator sharing no experience, but taking note of it. And that is no more I than it is you. Here, Thoreau is describing in his own words, the same experience of consciousness illustrated by the Upanishads of the two birds in the self-same tree one of which feeds and the other looks on. It is an image of the mutual relationship of the infinite being and the finite self. The delight of the bird which looks on is great, for it is a pure and free delight. There are both of these birds within us, the objective one with its activity of life and the subjective one with pure joy of vision. Thoreau said, I love to be alone. I never found a companion that was so companionable as solitude. We are for the most part more lonely 
when we go abroad among men than when we stay in our chambers. A man thinking or working is always alone. Let him be where he will. Solitude is not measured by the miles of space that intervene between a man and his fellows. You'll never walk alone. You'll never walk alone. You may carry your consciousness into the solitude of silence, but you will never walk alone. Amen. Thank you. Will you all please fold your hands and place them at your hearts, and with consciousness lifted to the supreme self of us all, together let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, the realization of thy presence, peace, and perfection within us and all beings, now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>